business. Ooh. Ooh, I'm really excited for this one. Okay, what is this one? I know nothing about this one. So, I conceptualized it. Well, I don't, what episode was that? Oh, Black Eyed Kids. It was our very first episode. We got into mm-hmm. talking about creepypastas. Oh, right, right, right. So I we did got talking this. about creepypastas. Um, we'll talk a little bit about what they are in a minute. Um, but I decided that I want to do like a recurring themed episode probably maybe like once or twice a season Mm -hmm. um just to break up the usual like mix of what we what we do Mm -hmm. um i feel like we already have a really good mix variety oh yeah me too which is good um that's what i said at the like on on one of our first episodes like i don't really want to limit myself on like any you just talk about it yeah why not um so creepypastas are like modern day um, campfire stories, urban legends, because mm-hmm. um, like we've said before, like modern day campfire, I'm going to go to the internet to tell my story. Yeah. So creepypasta comes from, it's a portmanteau, it comes from copy paste. Mm-hmm. That was actually what it was originally called, copy pasta. Okay. Copy pastas are still very much a thing in the, do you remember when you get chain mail? Yes. And it was like, do these things and email this to three or people. you're going to die. Copy this phrase into ten emails and ten, or remember the MySpace bulletins Why where it was like. people do that? Yeah, if you don't repost this, you're, uh-huh. all your friends or uh-huh. your boyfriend's going to break so, up with you. A good example of a creepypasta would be a subgenre of that. Do you remember the MySpace bulletin that was going around that was like, if you don't do this, then like at 3 a.m. you'll look under your bed and you'll see a girl with no eyes. Yes. Like, so that would be like a creepypasta. It's okay. like a copypasta that has like a creepy horror twist okay. to it, right? Yeah. So those earned the moniker creepy. Okay. And they get the name because they're just very, they're like these clippable stories. It's like an urban legend, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like a hot button. Like you want to tell the story. And then the copy pasta part comes from it from, it's just very easy to literally copy, copy and paste, paste it into yeah. an email, a forum, a text message. Like it's just, that's how it's proliferated across the internet. Um, I love them. They're great stories. Like I said in the first um episode like just because you're you may happen to come across a story in like a while you're you know spending your day reading creepypastas or like in a creepypasta forum you had mentioned like a telephone effect too which is like really interesting doesn't necessarily mean that that story didn't happen it's like we were talking about folklore or Mm -hmm. earlier and like where where did this idea come about like has to be somewhere right so that's why i always found creepypasta interesting a lot of people i i'm sure at the start like the second they see that this is titled a creepypasta episode, will want nothing to do with it. It is interesting because I never heard of creepypastas until you told me we did a future episode or a past episode of this. And now, because the FBI agent is in my phone, now I see a bunch of creepypastas mm-hmm. in my For You page. And I'm like, holy, I can't help but read them because, or watch them because I can't believe. They're addictive. And like, I don't know if I would be so excited to do this series. It's like a rabbit you, hole. Like if you were, and I said this to you earlier, like if you had heard all these stories, yeah. it wouldn't be. But I be, know none of them. It wouldn't be that fun. Yeah. Like, so I think half of the fun is just going to be telling you these stories because then I get the novelty again of like, True. you know what I mean? So that's why I was like also really excited like about. Like a creepypasta tour. <laughs> but that's the other thing too. Like there are like known ones like because yeah. a lot of them have titles okay like so you'll say it and people are like that are like you know what i mean in the creepypasta world are like oh my god i love that one i know exactly what you're talking about have you heard of like this you know what i mean oh. a lot of them are authored like we know who wrote them well and it's interesting because like you said some of them are so adapted to another thing that even if you think you've heard it you might not have heard the version that i've heard 
there's that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've also talked about how some of them are such good ideas, Mm -hmm. like intellectual property even, because again, some of these are just being authored. People are just going on the internet and making this stuff up, writing it. Sometimes people have been like contacted by production companies and they're like, can you actually take this down and we want to work with you to develop it into a movie, a series. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch Channel Zero on Mm sci-fi? It only lasted two seasons. Um, But each season is based on a creepypasta. Um, so the first season is based off of Candle Cove, which we're going to do a Candle Cove episode. It's going to be so good. Um, but Candle Cove is a really popular creepypasta that is about this, like, fictitious, like, kids show that would, like, hypnotize kids and, like, try to beckon you to come into the... That sounds Remember Brian Bethel's story? It was, like, that, but, like, he had a bunch of, like, there's, like, fake, like, characters. There's, like, this thing called, like, the Teeth Grinder, or or the... Is it the Teeth Grinder or something? Yeah, it's something like that, where it's, like, this, like creepy like pirate looking dude like and they're all like puppets and marionette like puppets like yeah that yeah, one's that really creepy sounds horrifying so the sci-fi took these creepy pastas and like made them into like an anthology series and it's kind of like american horror story where every season is a different creepy pasta so then the second one is like a haunted house and this is another famous like creepy pasta where it's like as you get further into the, like it doesn't end like, you just walk into another room, and, like, you're still in the haunted house. And then you walk into another room, and you're still in the haunted house. And you walk into another room, and you're still in the haunted house. It's and you walk into another room, and all of a sudden, you're, like, in the woods. And then you're walking for a little bit, and you find a door. And you walk through the door, and you're back in the haunted house. I hate it. Yeah, so that's season two. Um, So a lot of these are, you know what I mean, adapted. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they're just fun stories. So... The first one that I'm going to... I had mentioned it in that episode that we were recording. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first creepypastas that I have that I ever read. Um, and it's just a really good one. And you had said you hadn't heard it. So... I haven't heard of any. It's called Clown Statue. I hate it already. I hate and the it. way that it's framed is very much... I'm going to read it exactly how it is. It's okay. very much framed as a modern day urban legend. Okay. Um, so-and-so's friend, a girl in her teens, is babysitting for a family in Newport Beach, California. We don't even know her name. Her name's so-and-so. <sighs> we love a so-and-so. The family is wealthy and has a very large house. You know the sort, with a ridiculous amount of rooms. Anyways, the parents are going out for a late dinner movie. The father tells the babysitter that once the children are in bed, she should go into this specific room. He doesn't really want her wandering around the house and watch TV there. The parents take off, and soon she gets the kids into bed and goes to the room to watch TV. Mm-hmm. She tries watching TV, but she is disturbed by a clown statue in the corner of the room. She tries to ignore it for as long as she can, but it starts freaking her out so much that she can't handle it. She resorts to calling the father and asks, Hey, the kids are in bed, but is it okay if I switch rooms? This clown statue is really creeping me out. Uh-oh. The father says, Seriously, get the kids and go next door and call 911. She asks, what's going on? He responds, just go next door, and once you call the police, call me back. She gets the kids, goes next door, and calls the police. When the police are on the way, she calls the father back and says, so really, what's going on? Mm -hmm. He responds, we don't have a clown statue. He then further explains that the children have been complaining about a clown watching them as they sleep. He and his wife had just blown it off, assuming that they were having nightmares. The uh, The police arrive and apprehend the clown who turns out to be a midget a midget clown i guess he was some homeless person dressed as a clown who somehow got into the house and had been living there for several weeks he would come into the kids rooms at night and watch them while they slept as the house was so large he was able to avoid detection surviving off of their food etc he had been in the tv room right before the babysitter came in when she entered he didn't have enough time to hide so he just froze in place and pretended to be a statue oh first of all I love how they're written, like, 
Dear Diary. Like, mm-hmm. very informal. Like, that is literally what you would copy and paste. Yeah. And then, like, send to your friend or, like, it's put like on your MySpace bulletin. Yeah, yeah, it's like somebody... Yeah. Second of all, I don't like clowns in general. Isn't that, like... Horrifying. I remember reading that at, like, 13 and being like, oh, my God! Well, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then you're looking in every corner of your room for the next six years. Also, I don't know why he was a midget. He just was. It just seems like an interesting... Why would you Choice put that in there? Yeah. When, when writing the... Maybe they don't like midgets. Mm, I don't know. I don't even know if that's PC. I was going to say it's little people. I don't even people. know if it's PC. It's, it's little people. But little people that's is how it's PC. written. So. We're apologizing. I'm apologizing now. We don't mean... I didn't mean it in a derogatory way. Correct. That's how it's written. Yep. But I just said midget and I'm wrong. It is little people. Little people big. I'm not going to dig myself a deeper hole. It's going to uh, be great. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first one. And that was the one that I referenced in the episode where you were I like, like what? I didn't know that. And isn't that very urban legendy? It's yes. very like... There's a monster under your bed. It's very that. Yep. It's very, was it good for you too? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> okay, so this next one is called The Expressionless. Okay, I hate it already. All right, so in June 1972, a woman appeared in Cedar sinai Hospital in Los Angeles, California in nothing but a white blood-covered gown. Now this in itself should not be too surprising as people often have accidents nearby and come to the nearest hospital for medical attention. Mm-hmm. But there were two things that caused people who saw her to vomit and flee in terror. Vomit? The first being that she wasn't exactly human. She re- resembled something close to a mannequin, but had the dexterity and fluidity of a normal human being. Her face was as flawless as a mannequin's, devoid of eyebrows and smeared in makeup. There was a kitten clamped in her jaws, so unnaturally tight that no teeth could be seen, and the blood was still squirting out over her gown and onto the floor. She then pulled it out of her mouth, tossed it aside, and collapsed to the floor. A kitten? kitten. Oh my god. From the moment she stepped through the entrance to when she was taken to a hospital room and cleaned up before being prepped for sedation, she was completely calm, expressionless, and motionless. The doctors thought it best to restrain her until the authorities could arrive, and she did not protest. They were unable to get any kind of response from her, and most staff members felt too uncomfortable to look directly at her for more than a few seconds. Of course. But the second the staff tried to sedate her, she fought back with extreme force. Two members of staff had to hold her down as her body rose up on the bed with that same blank expression. Rose up. (laughs) She turned her emotionless eyes towards the male doctor and did something unusual. She smiled. I hate this. As she did, the doctor screamed and let go out of shock. In the woman's mouth were not human teeth, but long, sharp spikes. Too long for her mouth to close fully without causing any damage. The male doctor stared back at her for a moment before asking, What in the hell are you? She cracked her neck down to her shoulder to absorb him, still smiling. There was a long pause. The security had been alerted and could be heard coming down the hallway. Ew. As he heard them approach, she darted forward, sinking her teeth into the front of his throat, ripping out his jugular and letting him fall to the floor, gasping for air as he choked on his own blood. What? She stood up and leaned over him, her face coming dangerously close to his as the life faded from his eyes. I hate all of this. She leaned close, closer and whispered, I am God. Ew. <laughs> The doctor's eyes filled with fear as he watched her calmly walk away to greet the security men. His last ever sight would be watching her feast on them one by one. Woof. The female doctor who survived the incident named her the Expressionless. There was never a sighting of her again. First of all, a kitten. You're still hung up on that part. (laughs) And having no eyebrows, already, I would be over it. It's very Uncanny Valley. Um... I hated that one. You didn't like that one? No, that I told me out. Oh, just wait. I want to show you the oh, picture. God. No, there's a picture of her. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it gonna give me nightmares? Yeah. So that's her. Ew, my God. So in reality, this is a screenshot from a French nursing video, and that's a that's a that's a, that's a training sure. mannequin. Sure. But for the intense for the for the, for the creepy pasta, that's the lady from Scene or Sinai Hospital. I hate it because you can also look into the history of the Why hospital. They have no this, eyebrows, this but they have lipstick. Make happened. that make sense. I hate it. Who knows? Who knows? I hate it. So yeah, if you guys see the, I mean, I'll put that picture in the you show should. notes. Yeah. Um, it's from like a French like nursing documentary so but yeah people see it and they're like oh it's creepy my god yeah i don't like that um so yeah i really like that one it's one of my favorites i hate that one the kitten in her mouth why Mm -hmm. and again it's just like that one's so outlandish like clearly that one didn't happen but maybe it did and that's the other thing and i meant to say this at the like the top of it Mm -hmm. um this is why some people that like really take like paranormal investigation like like cere- for serial serial don't like creepy creepy pasta. Oh because yeah. it's just because it makes like a mockery. It's, of it's fictitious. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so these last two that I'm gonna do, and I may not even do the last one, um, just because I'm gonna see how you, f- I'm gonna see how you feel about this this first one. Um, trigger warning: We're about to get very graphic. <laughs> Um, I should have said that at the top of the episode, actually, that this is going to be a kind of a graphic episode. I actually meant to say that at the top of the episode. Maybe when I record the intro, I'll put a little something in there because we're about to get like really graphic. Um, so a lot of creepypastas are framed as what's referred to as a lost episode creepypasta. So it will be like... The story is ultimately, like, a lost episode of a TV show. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you, the reasons that it's lost... It's because it's disgusting. Or because of fucked up things happening, right? Which, depending on the, like, media... Already sh- Can piss off some... <laughs> yeah, some, of course. Some people. Okay. Already shivering. So this first one um, is known... Well, it, the title of it is Red Mist. That's what the author named it, Red Mist. Um, it has since become known on the internet as Squidward's suicide. What? Okay. Are I'm you ready for, for this? It. It's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Red Mist begins with Squidward preparing to practice his clarinet in his room as SpongeBob and Patrick play merrily outside. What? Squidward wraps his mouth around the clarinet and is only able to play one note before being interrupted by someone knocking on the door. That's always he, how it happens. He walks down and opens the door and discovers that a traveling salesman is at his door. The salesman, a Scottish fish, asks if he could have a moment of Squidward's time. Okay. Squidward tells him that he isn't interested and slams the door in the man's face, walking mm-hmm. back to his room. Mm-hmm. The salesman begins knocking again and Squidward opens the door angrily. The salesman, looking very upset, tells Squidward, The red mist is coming. Oh God. And proceeds to walk off, confusing Squidward. Squidward walks back to his room and finally begins playing the clarinet. After performing several off-key notes, Spongebob and Patrick begin laughing outside, interrupting Squidward yet again. Squidward walks over to the window and shouts at the two, telling them he needs to practice for a concert he will be performing at. Spongebob and Patrick both apologize tearfully. Squidward, unsure of himself, walks back and begins playing his clarinet again, this time uninterrupted. The scene then fades to red over the course of 12 seconds, and perhaps by the glitch, the same scene is repeated once more, which is somewhat common in rough cuts of animation. So it just repeats the same. Mm-hmm. 
However, this time Squidward's eyes have been replaced with new and more realistic eyes with red pupils, clearly not real, but more realistic than CGI, TV, or animated. So you know in Spongebob when they would like sometimes do those like hyper cuts yes. to like, it's like that. The audio is also completely absent from this scene, save for occasional clicks and whistles. So creepy, right? Mm-hmm. So after the repeat of the previous scene, a new scene begins with the same red eyes, but at the theater where Squidward is playing his clarinet. The frames in the animation skip every four seconds, but the sound remains synced. After mm. an unruly performance, everyone boos Squidward in a cruel-sounding way. SpongeBob and Patrick are seen in the crowd booing Squidward, too. Very uncommon for these characters. Mm-hmm. The scene pans to reveal the same Scottish salesman sitting next to them, also booing, as Squidward walks back to his home with his head in his tentacles. What's odd is that the scene actually shows him walking to his house, with nothing happening in the background, for 3 minutes and 50 seconds before abruptly cutting to red for another 20 seconds, just as he arrives at his house. A new scene appears, back to the original cartoon eyes, with Squidward sitting in a chair in his room that night, with a blank look on his face for roughly 30 seconds before starting to sob softly. Okay. Again, the audio is completely missing for most of the scene until the sobbing begins. This is when the sound of a slight breeze through a forest can be heard in the background. So random, right? Like, what does that even sound like? It's under the water, too. <laughs> like, what? It also begins very mildly zooming in on Squidward's face, only noticeable if you compare 10 seconds of frame side by side. Okay. The sound of him sobbing can suddenly be heard very loudly and severe as the screen twitches in on itself briefly. The salesman laughter can also be heard echoing in the background. Ugh. After another 30 seconds, the screen blurs and twitches violently and a single frame flashes over the screen. Upon pausing it exactly on the frame, the viewer would see a real-life mutilated dead child, eviscerated, and with one of his eyes popped out and the photographer's shadow visible. After this photograph is seen, it cuts back to Squidward sobbing, much louder than before, with what appears to be blood running from his eyes instead of tears, and the sound of the salesman still heard. The sound of the wind in the forest is also played at a much louder volume, but now with the sound of branches snapping and the screams of a young boy heard. The salesman can be heard saying, Do it! Do it! The second time sounding much angrier. After 20 more seconds, another single frame appears, this one of an eviscerated and killed eight-year-old girl lying on her stomach, again with the shadow of the photographer. The scene reverts back to Squidward, now with the same realistic red eyes from before, completely silent and no longer sobbing. The sound of the forest can no longer be heard. Another three seconds later, and it cuts back to the sobbing, this time piercing loud and with the sound of the forest heard. The screams of both a young boy and a young girl can be heard mixed together as the song Amazing Grace plays on both the clarinet and the bagpipes. <laughs> during this time, during this, seven frames are seen. If viewed, the scene here is different. It's a boy who looks like the one in the first photo laying in the woods. Over the course of the seven frames, the hands of the photographer reaches in and grabs the boy's entrails as his remaining eye focuses on the man's hand and even blinks once. Mm. Now Squidward is staring at the viewer with the same realistic red mist eyes. Children can be heard screaming and crying in the background. After around 30 seconds of this, the screen pans out to reveal Squidward holding a gun. He puts it to his mouth and pulls the trigger as blood splatters and covers the screen. The screen shows Squidward dead while the red mist is coming once again echoes. Oh my god. Mr. Hillenberg is obviously very angry at this. He demanded to know what the heck was going on. There was an investigation due to to the nature of the photos, but nothing came of it. No child scene has ever been identified and no clues were gathered from the data involved, nor physical clues in the photos. What the hell? Do you want to see the picture? No. Of Squidward? No. With the eyes? Nope. You don't want to see it? No. Okay. I would like to sleep tonight. (laughs) That's creepy. Yeah. What's wrong with people? I don't know. Like, what kind of bath salts do you chew before you write stuff like that? So this episode obviously doesn't exist, right? Right. 
since it has... Somebody wrote it. I mean... Yeah, but guess what people have done since? Animated it! So you can now go watch Squidward Suicide. Why would you do that? I don't know. They did it basically based off of the writings. Like, they put in the clicks and the sounds. I and I don't... I've never watched it. I don't know if they put in pictures of mutilated kids. That I hope that, that part we, like, take some creative liberties with. I would hate it. Yeah. I told you we were going to get graphic. I should have had a, a, a warning at the top of the episode, but... I mean, before the story's good enough, right? Yeah. That's horrifying. I, I hated that you, one. I didn't say you were going to like them. No, I, I just said you were going to react. I hated that one. <laughs> oh, this is... That was tame. No. They get worse. I have one more. I don't have to do it if you don't want me no, to. No, it's fine. Go ahead. I was just going to do it because it was in the vein I'll be of fine. Things. I'll be okay. So this one's called Dead Bart. Oh, my God. Why are they all cartoons? Because I like cartoons and I did the cartoony ones. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> you thought you were helping. I mean, I'll do Suicide Mouse next time no, if you no, want. thank you. No. Mm-mm. That one's like Steamboat Willie. But guess Bart? what he does? No. Three, three guesses with a name like Suicide Mouse. <laughs> Bart sounds great. Go ahead. So you know how Fox has a weird way of counting Simpsons episodes? They refuse to count a couple of them, making the amount of episodes inconsistent. The reason for this is a lost episode from season one. Mm-hmm. Finding details about this missing episode is difficult. No one who has worked on who was working on the show at the time likes to think about it or even talk about it. From what has been pieced together, the lost episode was written entirely by Matt Groening. During production of the first season, Matt started to act strangely. He was very quiet, seemed nervous, and even morbid. Mentioning this to anyone who was present results in them getting very angry and forbidding you to ever mention it to Matt. Oh. I first heard of it at an event where David Silverman was speaking. Someone in the crowd asked about the episode, and Silverman simply left the stage, ending the presentation hours early. The episode's production number was 7G06. The title was Dead Bart. (laughs) The episode labeled 7G06 Moaning Lisa was made later and given Dead Bart's production code to hide the latter's existence. Moaning Lisa. (laughs) Okay. Isn't that the one where she gets the, where she gets, where she picks up the sacks? Yep. Um, In addition to getting angry, anyone, or asking anyone who was on the show about this will cause them to do everything they can to stop you from directly communicating with Matt Groening. At a fan event, I managed to follow him after he spoke to the crowd and eventually had a chance to talk to him alone as he was leaving the building. He didn't seem upset that I had followed him, probably expecting a typical encounter with an obsessive fan. When I mentioned the lost episode, though, all color drained from his face and he started trembling. When I asked him if he could tell me any details, he sounded like he was on the verge of tears. Oh my. He grabbed a piece of paper, wrote something on it, and handed it to me. He begged me never to mention the episode again. The piece of paper had a website address on it. I would rather not say what it is for reasons you'll see in a second. I entered the address into my browser and I came to a site that was completely black, except for a line of yellow text, a download link. And of course you would, cl- you would never Great click on idea, that. Great idea, right. You would never click on that now. You wouldn't download a virus. No. Except that's all I do is download viruses. <laughs> I clicked on it and a file started downloading. Once the file was downloaded, my computer went crazy. It was the worst virus I had ever seen. System restore didn't work. The entire computer had to be rebooted. Before doing this, though, I copied the file onto a CD. I tried to open it on my now empty computer, but as I suspected, there was an episode of The Simpsons on it. Oh my god, is it the lost episode? Dead Bart. Oh my god. Alright, so the episode started off like any other episode, but had very poor quality animation. If (laughs) If you've seen the original animation for Some Enchanted Evening, it was similar but less stable. The first act was fairly normal, but the way the characters acted was a little off. 
Hmm. Homer seemed angrier, Marge seemed depressed, Hmm. Lisa seemed anxious, and Bart seemed to have genuine anger and hatred for his parents. Oh. The episode was about the Simpsons going on a plane trip near the end of the first act the plane was taking off. Bart was fooling around, as you'd expect. Okay. However, as the plane was about 50 feet off the ground, Bart broke a window on the plane and was sucked out. Oh my god. At the beginning of the series, Matt had an idea that the animated style of the Simpsons world represented life, and that death turned things more realistic. Mm. This was used in this episode. Mm. The picture of Bart's corpse was barely recognizable. They took full advantage of it not having to move and made an almost photorealistic drawing of his dead body. What? Act one ended with a shot of Bart's corpse. When act two started, Homer, Marge, and Lisa were sitting at their table crying. Of course. The crying went on and on. It got more pained and sounded more realistic, better acting than you would think possible. The animation started to decay even more as they cried, and you could hear murmuring in the background. Mm -hmm. The characters could barely be made out. They were stretching and blurring. They looked like deformed shadows with random bright colors thrown on them. There were faces looking in the window, flashing in and out, so you were never sure what they looked like. This crying went on for all of Act 2. Jeez. Act 3 opened with a title card saying one year had passed. (laughs) Homer, Marge, and Lisa were skeletally thin and still sitting at the table. There was no signs of Maggie or the pets. Oh, no. They decided to to visit Bart's grave. Springfield was completely deserted, and as they walked to the cemetery, the houses became more and more decrepit. Okay. They all looked abandoned. Hmm. When they got to the grave, Bart's body was just lying in front of his tombstone, looking just like it did at the end of Act One. Because that makes sense. The family started crying again. Eventually, they stopped and just stared at Bart's body. The camera zoomed in on Homer's face. According to summaries, Homer tells a joke at this part, but it isn't audible in the version that I saw. You can't even tell what Homer is saying. The view zoomed out as the episode came to a close. The tombstones in the background had the names of every Simpsons guest star on them. Oh wow! Some that no one had heard, some that no one had heard of in 1989, some that haven't even been on the show yet. Oh! All of them had death dates on them. Oh! For guests who had died since, like Michael Jackson and George Harrison, the dates were when they would die. The credits were completely silent and seemed handwritten. The final image was the Simpson family on their couch, like in the intro, like in the intros, mm-hmm. but all drawn in that hyper-realistic style of Bart's corpse. What? A thought occurred to me after seeing the episode for the first time. You could try to use the tombstones to predict the death of living Simpsons guest stars, but there's something odd about most of the ones who haven't died yet. All of their deaths are listed as the same date. What? What's the date? I don't know, because it doesn't exist. <laughs> I hate it. What'd you think? I hate it. It's good, right? I want to know what the date is. Is it when the world comes to Well, so just like Squidward's suicide, guess what has come about since the proliferation of Dead Bart? Of course they've made it. You can go watch it. I don't want to. I mean, I I don't want want to either. I want you to watch it. I don't want to watch that shit. I want somebody to watch it for me. So somebody in the um, comments, please watch it and tell me what the date is. Yeah, no. Ew. Aren't those fun, though? What is wrong with people? I don't know. Seriously, that's some disturbed stuff. Well, I can see, like, I don't want to say why, but I see why the, like, the, like, the kids cartoon, like, the lost episode ones are a thing, because I can see how that, like, grabs people. Like, the, like, the dichotomy of, like, but it's, but Squidward blowing his brains out. But, like, for why? Like, I don't know. It's so morbid. It's like that, what is that rule 49 of the internet? Like, if it exists, there's porn of it. True, true. Same goes for... People just think of fucked up shit. 
they're mm-hmm. like, you know what would be a good idea? I'm going to write this down. I want to document this for other people that is to consume. Weird, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. That's outlandish. Now, so I was, um, shout out Megan. I was running a lot of these because Megan, I, or I told you she's also into creepy yeah. So I was like, I'm like, I'm, I told her about the series, like how I wanted to like make it like an ongoing thing. Yeah. I was like, here's the ones that I'm doing. Like what other major ones do you think I should hit first? Mm-hmm. And she had given me a couple of suggestions and she was like, she but I, she was like, I see that you're going for more of like the urban legendy ones. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I never actually thought of like, yeah, I do tend to like resonate more with like the urban legendy ones because there are one, there what are, ones, what does she resonate with? Um, she, she likes them all like across the board. Oh, she okay. obviously likes the ones too that are a little more grounded in reality, but she doesn't also, there are like, there are creepypastas where like people are getting like sucked into other dimensions where like, you know what I mean? There are just like totally outlandish things happening where it's like, okay, you really have to suspend your disbelief to like, you know what I mean? I like the ones that are more just like modern day urban legends Wow. and not just like a figment of someone's, I mean, these are all figments, but some of these Clearly. could be like the clown statue. Seems like that could have been, like, based in, like, some, like, you know what I mean, kind of home invasion, home invader type Mm -hmm. of... Mm -hmm. Someone accidentally, like, falling into, like, a horror version of, like, the Pokemon world. I don't really buy that that is based in any (laughs) form of... Come on, that didn't happen? No. Are you sure? No. Are you sure? No. (laughs) There's no squid playing the clarinet in the ocean somewhere? (laughs) No. I mean, maybe. I would put it past him. Maybe in a lab somewhere. My octopus teacher. Wow. Fun um, though, right? So we just recorded so many episodes and the fact that we l- ended on that one. I wanted to save it for last. Freaks me out. No, that's all I'm going to think about. Because I knew that you'd be like, what? What? Because this is the most outlandish, you know it what I mean? Is Because they're fiction, so they can like. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the fact that people are deriving shows and things like that from stuff like that and thinking about how many what rabbit hole you have to go down to get to the good, like, usable content. Yeah. Well, I will say also, like, a lot of these, like, the Squidward suicide was actually kind of hard to find the actual, like, what oh. you would copy and paste. Because, like, a lot of it, like, it's just it's kind of like an older story. So how story. do you find these Reddit? Um, today? Like, well, not today, but I mean in general. I went and looked um, on a couple forums. Like, I would actually go and find the actual, like, so when you type in, like, creepypasta and There's Google. a creepypasta wiki. I'll send you it. It's like a whole Wikipedia. But what my problem, my problem with the with the creepypasta creepypasta wiki is like a lot of them aren't the actual like what I would copy and paste, Mm -hmm. and that's what I want to read to you, Mm -hmm. like the actual copy and paste. A lot of them are, and the easiest way that I can explain it is like you know when you go on Wikipedia and you read Wikipedia's version of a movie, you're not actually like watching the movie. You're reading like the the Wikipedia's. It's not even the same synopsis that like BuzzFeed is going to give you. You know what I mean? You're reading creepypasta wikis like retelling of the Squidward. And I don't want that. I want you the actual, the what actual. is the story that I would, that I would read? You know what I mean? I don't want somebody's retelling. Cause it's like a summary. I absolutely hated that. I didn't think that you would like it, but I, mean, I like it, but it was entertaining. I was right. Just like what? Cause it keeps you like, what? Well, and it's a lot what? of like visual, what? right? Because yeah. it's like, it's not a story. It's a lot of like context, which makes it even worse. Yeah. Well, and it's like, yeah, exactly like that. Like, you know what a Spongebob episode looks like. Exactly. So you start putting in, like, those, well, like... they're so and... descriptive. Like, how they... What they do is so descriptive. Yeah, like that part where it was like, it's devoid of sound, and all you hear is, the like, little clicks and whistles. And stuff and, that yeah. freaks me Yeah, because it's gotta, like, it's gotta paint the picture for you. But it's like, what messed up person... Not that they're messed up, because you could be creative and not be messed up, but, like, how do you think I'm gonna of say, that? some of these were probably authored by, like, 
like you know what I mean like 12 year olds in their or no like uh, who's to say that like the author of like the very hungry caterpillar didn't turn around and like um, you know what I mean don't even being creative is not doing these I'm in my brain right now oh I know being a wordsmith doesn't have its limits he does Eric Carl shout out to Eric Carl you're not gonna ruin my very hungry caterpillar you don't know I do maybe he's ghostwriting oh my whole brain just went somewhere else, and I'm not happy about that. Why? That would be horrifying. The very hungry human centipede. <gasps> Is that one? Please find Eric Carl creepy pastas. That's a whole. I'll look for one. That's one that I do. I don't even okay. know. That's gonna ruin my childhood. But I'll look for one. I want to hear that. Absolutely. Oh, I never even thought about that. Oh yeah, you name or, like, it. Good night, moon. You is na- probably oh yeah, you name it. Like I read a, this. I read a creepypasta. Like I said, like there was this one where this guy like has like a cursed like version of like Pokemon, and like as he's playing, like the Pokemon are like crying Chris- out in pain, oh. and like. <laughs> I hate it. And, but like the story just doesn't make sense because it's like if that really happened, why would you keep playing the game? <laughs> I hate it <laughs> so much. It's all about suspension of disbelief. Of course, we ended on that one. Yeah, we had to. Where it falls in the lineup, we'll find out, but... Yeah. I'm excited. You should smash it right in the middle. That way people... Oh, more people yeah. listen to it, because that's some weird, weird stuff. Yeah, and if you, anybody has any creepypastas they'd like to hear on the show... Yeah, Urban Legend is like... I love Urban Legend, mm-hmm. but those are beyond... That's what I mean. Like, these are the modern-day Urban Legends. Like, you know what I mean? We should do a classic Urban Legend I'm episode. Pretty sure. Yes. I'm pretty sure that whomever thought of SpongeBob never thought that Squidward would be doing that. I said that. At the, that's the last paragraph. Pasta. Mr. Hillenburg, Stephen Hillenburg is the creator of SpongeBob. Yeah. They, they, he wrote it in there that Hillenburg was pissed. I bet. Because, like, who? Why? Gross. Well, and also, like... I hate that. You know about, like, the SpongeBob drama, right? Don't. No, this isn't bad. Like, okay, it's just... Ahead. You know how the guy that created it died? Yeah. Part of his, like, um, thing was, like, he... Didn't like that's why there were never any SpongeBob spinoffs, because he said like you can't spin it off like it has to just be SpongeBob and then he died and they did two spinoffs of SpongeBob. There's the Patrick Star Show and the Camp Coral. What? Yeah, like literally within like a year of Hillenburg dying, they were like we're spinning off SpongeBob. What? Yeah, like literally the one thing he didn't want. Because <laughs> why? Yeah. Oof. The Patrick Star Show is terrible. I've never even it's heard of either of these. So bad. And it's on still. Yeah. They should have just let him lay to rest. I think SpongeBob is still going. How? It's like unrecognizable. You watch it and you're like, what the what is this? Oh. I'm gonna have to watch it just because I'm curious. Right I mean now. it's like The Simpsons. You watch The Simpsons now and you're like, what is this? Yeah, true. <laughs> I didn't even know they still made them though. The Simpsons? Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with people? They're gonna ride that shit until those actors are like dead dead bart thanks for listening <laughs> yeah thanks guys because now my whole life i was gonna say you're checked out you're done for the day you're like i'm leave. get out of my house andre would be like my husband would be like what the hell i was gonna see when you said that he, when you yeah, were asking him to sit on the him. intro i was like he should sit in on the episode somebody should be on some of those and yeah i bet there's some megan great. wants to come on um, yeah. an episode and this would be it. a good episode for her too because like she, she can just be she can just be like comment yeah Ooh, i'll have her read a creepypasta i want her to she find loves them good ones because then i can i love i love being audience so megan do you need to find creepypastas that i would like you know make me a creepypasta believer <laughs>
I gave you four good ones. They weren't good. They were terrifying. <gasps> they were great. They were good for the context of like what a creepypasta is, but yeah. for me, it was horrifying. All right, we'll find you a sunshine and rainbow ones where That's we get sucked off to the land of Oz. I love you for that. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, rate yep. and review. Show notes for everything. Everything will be in the show notes. Yeah, I'll um, I'll put links to these stories in there and the Creepypasta Wiki mm-hmm. um, and anything else. And then if you guys have any good ones, drop them. Yeah, please drop them because, like I said, I want to make this like a ongoing series, maybe one or two a season. Um, so if there's any Creepypastas you guys want to hear, let us know. Bye, guys. Bye. A Semi-Charmed Kind of Podcast is hosted by Ashley Williams and Kyle Yugis. Music credits by Chauncey Fortune and art by Decay Decor. Keep listening and keep it cryptid. We're wrapped in fragile